You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania each weekday at 9am and also if you're listening in Tasmania you can hear us again at 4.30pm. Today we have our series continuing with David Leo. His series happy is happy Monday, everybody. Yeah, happy Monday, David. Happy Monday, happy. listeners. Uh, you're continuing your series today, David. Encounters with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, we've also got Tabitha in the studio today. She's on the technical controls today, so uh, more training for Tabitha. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm actually having a bit of fun doing the technical stuff. Yeah, it's good so. to have good to have some help and good to have. To hey, Tabitha. Yeah. Hello, David. How are you? Well, well, thank you. Okay, so, okay. David, um, you're uh, you're on school holidays, and you've got some plans. Tell us about your plans. Well, my kids are on school holidays, and uh, yeah, we're going to spend some time together at uh, a place called Frasenay. And for, for anyone that's in the mainland. Or if you're in Tasmania and you haven't seen Frasene, that's another name for it is the popular Wine Glass Bay, which yeah. is an awesome tourist attraction. And in Christmas, we climbed Mount Amos and got beautiful views of Wine Glass Bay. And this time, it's we're going to walk. stunning, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. But now we're going to walk at the bottom and, and then check out the beach from, from that angle because we didn't actually do that walk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the beach down there has really fine white sand. <clears throat> Oh, it's, it's amazing! It's really quite magic. It's I think yeah. it's one of the one of those spectacular spots in Tasmania. Oh, it is! You know, it's um, being on top of the mountain is just felt close to God. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about mountains and the sea. Yeah. This, this morning. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, I'm going to ask a question to our listeners, which they can text in on, and this is our show number, 0488880891. That's 0488880891, our show number, just for Tassie Encounters. But I want to ask our listeners, have you ever been to Wineglass Bay at uh, Freysenay? Mm. Uh, have you seen it? If not, Google it. Get on, uh, get on the internet and Google Wine Glass Bay, Tasmania. It's really a spectacular sure spot. Sure is, yeah. sure is. Looking forward to it. Awesome. So, uh, David, where have we been coming from in your series, and where are we going to? Okay, so last week we, we uh, had a title called "The Fast Sabbath," and we looked at uh, Jesus being challenged. Um, on why his disciples don't fast, and he was also challenged, you know, why, why, the, why are the disciples plucking grain and eating on the Sabbath, right? So we, and looking at those two things um, last week, we were, we were basically saying that Jesus was making a stand to say that he's the provider of everything. He has the authority, and anything that we need, Jesus is able to provide. And I'm not just talking about tangible things, I'm talking about the intangible, the invisible as well. Jesus looks after, you know, only Jesus can provide all our needs. Um, and before that, we looked at the, the teamwork. You know, the week before that, we looked at how we could work together to, to bring someone to Jesus. And um, we looked at Mark 1, how we just looked at the book of Mark, you know, has these special words. You these, know? <clears throat> these action words. Action words, you know, it's like, a, it's just like a, Story, a, a storyline where it's just bang, bang, you yeah, know, just immediately, <laughs> immediately, just one thing yeah, after the other. Yeah, he is a, a man of action. Mm. And um, today we're going to head into to, uh, Mark three, and uh, I really want to look into. We've titled it a new family. Yeah, a new family. You know, and and, and I want to look at this. Um, you know, in, in the Western world, if you've been into functions and you've gone to parties and you're meeting people for the first time. And somebody asks you, "What do you do?" You know, what are they? What are they generally asking you? Automatically, we should know the courtesy of how to answer that question, right? 
Mm. They say, what do you do? Yeah. Tabitha, what do you what do you answer when people say what do you do? What Tabitha? do you do, Tabitha? <laughs> what do I do about what, David? What do you do in work? Yeah, what yeah, just what? Yeah, you, uh, usually it's yeah either yeah, usually I'm working. Usually, yeah, usually we interpret that as as what we do for work, I guess, don't we? That's yes, right. that's yeah. right. The vocation, yeah. correct? You know, you say oh, I'm a student studying at the University of Hobart. <laughs> University so, of joke. Tasmania. University of Tasmania. <laughs> of course, you know, and, 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 you know, we usually answer with the vocation or the, the, the work that we do or if we're not working, you know, and, um, you know, that, that kind of either comes with a bit of, uh, pride or mm. could go, go the other way. Yeah. And, and what we're looking at Mark 3 today is, uh, that Jesus doesn't actually want us to answer that way. You know, mm. his whole, his, 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 his whole thing is, who are you connected to? Yeah. You know, who's, who are you following? And, and, and Jesus, he, he says, if we were to answer that question, uh, what do you do? He said, oh, I'm a follower of Christ. <laughs> you know, mm. I'm, I'm in Jesus. You know, that's, a, that's an answer we come up with. But, <clears throat> well, shall we, shall we begin the reading? Yeah, we should. Do you want to pray before we get into it? Yes, that sounds good. Uh, Father in heaven, we're about to hear your word. And so, Lord, we ask you to increase our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so... Um, if, uh, is Tabitha happy to read? Or are you going to read? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll read the first one. Okay, um, so we're, look, we're looking at verse 1 to 6. Yeah, sure. Uh, so verse 1 to 6 of Mark chapter 3, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It yep. says, Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. We've, we've had heard this story before, haven't we? Yeah, last week. <laughs> yeah. Last week, they, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately... <laughs> Is that word? There's that word. Immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. Oh, so now I mentioned last week the, the tension of it rising. You know, in, in um, Mark 1, they, didn't, they only thought it. You know, oh, Sorry, Mark 2, they only thought, oh, who was this man that he thinks he can do this? And then last week they actually opened their mouths and said, how come your disciples are eating on the Sabbath? And if you remember Jesus' response, um, these guys realized, oh, we're not dealing with a half-wit. This guy knows his Bible. <laughs> this guy actually is really smart. Mm. And so this time, <laughs> when they challenge him, the Bible says, oh, they were silent. Yeah. <laughs> they knew better. Oh, yeah. we, we don't want to get into a theological discourse with this guy because, you know, he, he's, on the, he's on the money here. But in verse 2, you can see here it says, they watched Jesus. Yeah. They watched, they watched Jesus to mm. see whether he would heal him on the mm. Sabbath, right? Yeah. So, and, and it says, so that they might accuse him. There was a premeditated um, event happening here. You know, and, and uh, it nearly seems like this man was a plant. Maybe, you know, they, they, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they planted this guy here to set up Jesus, right? Mm. And... And, and and what's what's interesting in this thing because we're talking about family, right? We're talking about family. One of the one of the interesting things here, ESV says, "Come here," right? Um, the KJ, the King James version says, "Stand forth." And um, there's another version. I can't remember what it is, but it says, "But the but the it says stand 
stand before everyone so everyone can see you. Mm. Right? So they want to watch, they want to watch Jesus to see what he does. And Jesus' response is, I want everybody to see this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man with the withered hand on the Sabbath, I want everybody to see what's going to happen here. So he's got he's he's not even he's trying to make a lesson here because the question he asks and this is a follow on from you know how come your disciples are eating grain on the sabbath this is a follow on and the question he poses to them is is it lawful on the sabbath to do good or to do harm to save life or to kill right Jesus is not just uh showing them what you're allowed to do on the sabbath he's actually saying what you're supposed to do on the sabbath mm. You're supposed to restore those who are sick, those who are unwell, those who are downtrodden, those who feel like injustice has been done to them. The Sabbath's purpose is for those people to be lifted up. Say a word, do something, and and uh, allow the Sabbath to be a time where people actually experience rest. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's restoring what Sabbath is about, and they're looking, they're looking for little legalities, mm-hmm. <laughs> little technicalities to. They're trying to trap him again. <clears throat> They're trying to trap him again, mm. right? And 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 here it is again. This, um, there, there's a there in in the Mark one where he's healing the man that says, "If you're willing, make me whole." It says that Jesus stretched forth his hand. And in Mark three, we see this. He says, "Stretch your hand to me," mm. right? <clears throat> and what's interesting about this um, this verse at the the very last in in verse six, it says, "The Pharisees went out." And immediately held counsel with the Herodians. Now, the Herodians and the Pharisees don't get along because the Herodians are a Jewish group that, um, that want to live life like the Greeks, like the Hellenists. They want to make money. Or, you know, if you're, if you're in with the Greeks, then you're in with the Romans. You're going to have a good life. They didn't follow the Jewish customs and the Pharisees were all about following the Jewish customs. Hmm. And so we're talking about unity for one purpose. They've come together to unite to kill Jesus. Yeah. Right. And yeah. what we're about to get into for our, the rest of our discussion is what it means to come in unity with Jesus. Yeah. Right. So this well, is, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, David. Um, we're going to go to a break shortly. But uh, you, earlier you mentioned something. We're going to talk about a mountain. I think you said yes. something about yes. mountains. And but, then. I don't know what you're going to talk about mountains because it wasn't in our notes, but I did choose a song here called uh, "There Is a Mountain." So, <laughs> <laughs> phrasing it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's there's, uh, there's a several mountains there, isn't there? It sure yeah, is. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to go to this uh, this first song. It's called uh, "There Is a Mountain" by Caroline Cobb, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful song about how sometimes we face some uh, challenges in life, Amen. but uh, but God is there with us. Mm. <clears throat>
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And today we're speaking with David Leo. We're talking about this Mark chapter 3. Um, what was our title, David? A new, a new family. A new family. That was yeah. it. Yeah. I, I didn't have it on my screen here and I'd forgotten it. So, uh, a new family. And it's about uh, how we're really connecting with Jesus. So, we're going to continue our study now in the book of Mark. 
let's let's continue on, David. Yes. So we're going to go to. Um, we just talked about this confrontation of this. Um, now the Herodians and the Pharisees have come together to plot to kill Jesus on their argument that he he breaks the Sabbath by healing people, mm. and uh, Jesus is actually teaching us a, a, a lesson of what it means to actually observe the Sabbath. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to jump to uh, thirteen and and start to build on the story of what it means to have this new family. So are we are we can, skipping seven to twelve? We haven't read um, that bit yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. Seven to twelve. Seven to twelve. Yes, that's where we want to go. <laughs> we can't. We can't miss bits of the story, David. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely we can't miss that bit. Okay, <clears throat> I'm gonna read that. And um, so for this passage, it has a title, and the title is "A Great Crowd Follows Jesus." Mm. Um, so it reads, um, "Jesus withdrew." With his disciples to the sea, a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Edome and mm-hmm. from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. That's when the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him and he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried, cried, cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not, not to make him known. I've got a question, David. Was yeah, this, go for it. Was this on the same day? Was this still the Sabbath? Or was this another day? Or I, do I we don't, not know? The, we, we, I don't know. I, yeah. It doesn't reveal to us. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, but um, Mark often when you compare it with the other Gospels, he often jumps from yeah. one thing to the other without us knowing the... Yeah. I, was, I was about to use a movie movies, um, movie making uh, term, uh, jump cuts. Mm. <laughs> you know, cuts from one scene to the other. But, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I presume it isn't. Mm. Um, That's right. But, yeah. It, it probably doesn't mean anything, but I was just wondering, you know, <clears> if we healed on the Sabbath and then it says he, he healed many people here as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm only making the presumption on the fact that um, there was a crowd of Jews that came to him. Yes. You know, where Jews know what the Sabbath is, and so I just make the presumption on that. Yes. Um, that, yeah. that note, but I don't, I don't know the answer, sorry. Mm. But this, this really shows a huge crowd. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, in that time, for the Romans, uh, I, I, did, I, I, did make the, I was going to make a sideline comment that the synagogue that was in the previous reading that we had, um, that synagogue was built by a Roman soldier. Really? <laughs> yeah. If you go to Luke 7, the, the synagogue in Capernaum was actually built by a soldier. He's the one that sent, uh, asked someone to come heal his servant because, and the, uh, the yes. Jews said, yep. hey, this guy's a good guy. He actually built the synagogue. <laughs> so, um, I don't know why I made that comment. I thought that was just, that was just interesting. It is interesting, but yeah. <laughs> to, to be a Roman soldier and to see that type of crowd coming for a particular person, uh, it rings, you know, that, that's like a, that's equ- equivalent to us. It's like a protest that's about to happen. There's like an insurrection. You know, like, well, th- we're going to have to try and control this crowd in case it gets crazy. Yeah. How are we going to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So Jesus is already starting to get a reputation of, oh man, is this guy causing trouble? <laughs> and this crowd says, if you can, if, if you look carefully in the verses, mm-hmm. it says they come to Jesus for one particular purpose. For right. he had healed many. To be healed. Is that what yep. you're talking about? Because they had diseases and mm. they wanted to be healed. 
That's right. It says in uh, verse 8, uh, halfway through verse 8, it says, when the great crowd heard all that he was doing, doing, yeah. doing mm. right, the great crowd was attracted to what he was doing. Mm. This is very much the same in the time that we're living in, right? <laughs> we are attracted to people for the vocation, whatever they're doing, yeah. you know, before we even know who the character is. Mm. You know, when, when somebody's doing something amazing, and that, that's just our, that's the way our human nature is you know we if somebody's doing something marvelous you know youtube youtube get uh, a video would get viral because of what somebody's doing we don't know who the person is but if they do a, a crazy hat trick or they do something hilarious <laughs> we, we click the like button because of what they're doing you know people when people do amazing things some, they get followers yeah, some, so. some, sometimes people do uh quite foolish things just to get followers as well <laughs> oh that's right but, but, yeah. we know, but we know here jesus wasn't doing foolish things he was doing uh, amazing things amazing yeah i've yeah. heard my 13 year old you know he um he talks a lot of the colloquial terms and he says oh they're doing that to get clout yeah <laughs> <laughs> can you help can you help this old man work out what that means <laughs> yeah. yeah just doing foolish things to get I get um, you know that type of attention, but you you move on to the next section, seven to twelve. Oh, sorry, no, we already read that one. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen to twenty, uh, twenty-one, and we see something different. Uh, J- Jason, you happy to read that? Yeah, please? yeah. Mm. Uh, it says, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him, and he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, mm. so that they mm. might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. And uh, preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. Uh, where are we going to, David? Seven, uh, yeah, twenty-one. It's so twenty-one. Yeah, so we yep. keep going. Uh, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name. I don't even know how to say that. Boanerges. 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 That is sons of thunder. Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew, and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again, so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. mind. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk more on that. That that part is really interesting. We'll talk more about the next segment. But the the, the shift here, we've gone from the sea where the crowd is. Now we're moving to the mountain where there's only a few. Yeah. Right. And when it comes, we're starting to, we're talking about a new family and, and joining Jesus. And we're already starting to get a hint that to follow Jesus is not going to be in, it's not an easy road. It's not a, it's not a convenient thing. You know, when you climb a mountain, I talked about Frasenade last Christmas, we went to Mount Amos and I'm pretty sure I saw a sign um, at the bottom of the hill that said the summit is 1.5 kilometers up. Up. Right, <laughs> yeah. And it said it should take, uh, I think it was two hours, I think two two hours to five hours it said, I think, two to five hours for the climb uh, up and down. And uh, it took me four hours and I think I spent two and a half hours coming down. <laughs> but the climb, the climb was, it was hard. It was difficult, you know? Like it was, I've heard um, it's pretty grueling. 
Yeah, yeah, got a few scratches, a few, a few bumps and bruises here and there. But um, you know, my, my my oldest, he couldn't finish it because he came up with his sneakers, and you just slip all over the place. But climbing the mountain, when you think of a mountain, you think of people like Moses. He went to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. You think of Abraham. He took his son Isaac. You know, in the story of the, 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 the um, of the test testing of Abraham's faith. Mm. You think of Joshua here to pray about Jericho. You know, just finding a high place to commune with God. Mm. Right, and Jesus takes this twelve, and what he does up there is is uh, he wants them to do what he's doing, not only to be doing what he's doing. You read that he was going to name them apostles. Yeah, they were going to go out and basically emulate what Jesus is and what he does. Mm. Right, so he's they're all going to be like Jesus when Jesus isn't here. And one of the things that we didn't pick up on in the in the um, just in the previous section, it says that these demons came out and confessed and said, "Jesus, you're the Son of God." And now he's trained, he's teaching his disciples, "Hey, the demons going to keep coming, and I need you to take care of this." Mm. Right? And it seems in the Bible, the, these these demons seem to be quiet. Right? You don't hear a lot about them. As soon as Jesus arrives, they start coming out of the woodworks. Yeah. <laughs> where, where Jesus, you know, and, and we start seeing in the New Testament, and Jesus says, "Those who are going to follow me, they're going to do the healing, just like the man with the withered hand. They're going to cast out demons, and they're going to restore people back to where they need to be to find rest in Jesus Christ." Oh, yeah. you know, so the the, the, the the circle's getting smaller, and then, ironically, at the very end, which we'll talk about more, the it crowd, says that his his comes. own. Yeah, it says his own family tried to stop him. Sorry about Jesus. He's a bit crazy. <laughs> there's yeah. an irony here. There's, there's something ironic happening here. There yeah. is. Let, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's delve into that a bit more in the next section. But uh, before we do, we're going to go to, uh, before we go to break, we're just going to mention our offer for today. And you can get that on 0488 It's Decoding Bible Prophecy. It's a book that uh, will help you understand uh, some of the Bible prophecies and how to interpret them. So we're going to give you a bit more information a bit later and also the code to get that book. So for our next song, um, so I've, we have seen Jesus appointed the 12 uh, mm-hmm. to be his followers. And those 12 uh, people or yeah, who became the followers of Jesus, they had to abandon their life and take up a new life, which was uh, being disciples of Jesus. And mm. for this song, it's called, for our next song, it's called Take the World and Give Me Jesus. And it's basically talking about longing for a life with Jesus. Take this world, but give me Jesus. All its joys are but a but his love abideth ever through eternal years the same. Oh, the high and depth of mercy, oh, the length and breadth of Pledge of endless life above Take this world 
trust shall be Tazzy and Callers, you're listening to Faith FM. And uh, we're talking with David Leo. We're talking about how Jesus, this is really the time where he chose his disciples, his followers, yep. up on a mountain. It was uh, basically a blessing. It was a blessing ceremony. Yeah. 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 And, and it was special, I guess, because it wasn't that these uh, guys were particularly special people, but uh, Jesus chose them to do a special thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Amen. So where are we going now, David? So we, we finished off. He came down with a crowd, and um, yeah. he came down from the isolation of him and his disciples. The crowd came back, and uh, his own family um, come out and try and grab him and say, you know, he's out of, he's out of his mind, you know. Sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, we're not going to read 22 to 30, but there's a really important concept here. Um, the, the scribes start to accuse that Jesus is working by an evil spirit, and Jesus teaches them and says how can an evil spirit cast out evil spirits mm. you know you, ha- you have to be united to be able to do that right so we're talking about again this unity and family we saw the herodians and the pharisees they're uniting for an evil purpose but jesus is bringing together a, a, a unity for a good purpose for the purpose that god originally um mandated you know and uh and intended and so he he says basically the summary of this is if you can't accept the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is who reveals Jesus Christ, then that's the unpardonable sin. That's the, the, the sin that cannot be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Right? The sin that cannot be forgiven is when you reject the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that guides you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will convict you, will, uh, will lead you to repentance, will guide you into all truth, and basically reveal Jesus Christ and the plan of salvation. Mm. If, we, if you reject that, then... Then, then you have no hope. No, no way. Because Jesus, like we said last week, Jesus is the only one that provides everything. Mm. Yeah. He's the one that's responsible for that. But we're going to jump to 31 to 35. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll look at this strange, strange conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that is talking about Jesus' mother and brothers. Yeah. 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 This is this is his actual family. Yeah. Hmm. So it says, and his mother and his brothers came 
And standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Mm. It, it's almost like he's disowning his actual family, isn't it? <laughs> it does. It does it come across like. quite rude, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't um, think he is, though. I think no. he's just he's just adding more to his family. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And he's making a um, he's he's making a incredible statement here. You know, in verse twenty one, not not only did the family call for Jesus, but the crowd supported the family by saying, "Your family is calling after you." Yeah. You know, so this is this was a cultural thing, you know. For me, you know, when I was in, before I was a, I was oh man, I was, I was about to say fifteen, but even older than that. If, if mum and dad uh, called for me, and a friend came to me <laughs> to the park and said, "Hey, um, your dad asked me to go home," if I rejected that call, man, oh boy, I'm in big trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got I got to get home, you know. But um, dear Jesus makes this comment, and he says to the crowd around him, "Who are my mother and my brothers?" Right, and you got to ask you. You got to ask yourself the question: um, Why? Why were they calling him? And we go back to that other thing that says, you know, they wanted to seize Jesus because he's out of his mind. Mm. You know, and, and Jesus is about. There's a when he's twelve years old uh, in Luke two, they're looking for Jesus, and when they find him, his answer is, "I'm about my father's business." Right, and here he is again doing the ministry, right? He's doing the ministry that he's called to do and he's telling people, you know, when you accept me as your Lord and your Savior, you are now part of my family, mm. right? You you now take on a new identity. You now take on, and this is a, you know, in, in ancient times, uh, <clears throat> and, and I know this for sure, you know, um, in, in the Samoan culture, when when they do speeches, there's there's some chiefs that do some really long speeches sometimes, and I didn't understand it as a kid. Uh, I realized later on as I asked my dad, "What's this all about?" They actually memorized their um their ancestry, and my dad showed me that in his speeches it goes back fourteen generations. Wow, uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and in Samoa, like my my surname's David Lil, but you know that it's my granddad. His first name was Lil. Right, so in Samoa, my dad's my dad's name was Talea growing up, so he's Talea, son of Leo. That's how he's known, Talea, son of Leo from the from the village of Safai. That's your identity, right? Yeah. And my my granddad, his name was Leo, son of Samangi, from the village of blah blah blah. So when when dad came to New Zealand and they said, oh, you've got to um, you've got to take on a surname, he was like, oh, you know, I'll take on Leo because that's that's how I'm known, Talea, son of Leo, right? And so we're known by the by the family we belong to, and somewhere along the lines in our Western world, it's changed over to, oh, I'm I'm David, I'm a I'm a pastor, mm. you know? oh, I'm I'm uh, I'm Tabitha, I'm a I'm a student, uh, you know, like I'm no longer the, a student, David. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> Tabitha. that's that's how I remember you. Uh, <laughs> you are working now. We we'll need working. to change that. Yes. Y- yes, but but most important. You're a daughter of God, yeah. Right, yeah. This is and this is what Jesus is trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us. Hey, listen, this is how you've seen yourself before. 
This is why you're embarrassed. This is why you're embarrassed in front of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Romans because, you know, you're trying to stick to this culture that's been here for such a long time. And Jesus is saying, I'm about to, I'm about to teach you something new. You know, when you, when you follow me, <laughs> there's a, there's a different, you take on a different identity now. You take on a different family. Mm. And, and that's amazing. You know, so I remember someone, I remember someone getting baptized and I was listening and, uh, the preacher said to this person, you're, you're now a part of a family that is universal. Mm. I thought, wow. He said, There's a, there are people worldwide that believe in Jesus, and there are even angels that believe in Jesus. <laughs> you're part of this. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. You know, this is much bigger than what I, you know, than I thought. You know, and uh, I've made reference before. Jesus says, I have authority in heaven and on earth. <laughs> and I make it available to you. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, what what kind of what kind of family are you joining here? You know, this is this is beyond anything we can imagine. Yeah, it, it's <clears throat> it's interesting, isn't it? Because we get um, when we join that family, I guess we we get within any family. There's there's uh, pros and cons, or you know, there's there's difficult things and there's good things and. And uh, I guess joining Christ family is also, you know, Christ uh, struggled with some of the authorities and, and you know, in, in the early part of this discussion we were talking about how he was being challenged with, uh, with uh, you know, the, the people trying to trap him as well. And I guess we're going to have to face that as well at, at times. So it's, it's not all rosy, but, but ultimately no. we have something that's, that's so powerful and so strong that it even helps us through those sorts of challenges as well. It's true. You know, like um, when my wife, uh, at the, she wasn't my wife at the time, but when she made a decision to to be baptized into the Seventh-day Adventist Church and, and follow Jesus, um, you know, her, her family weren't too pleased about that. They're thinking, you know, you, you've gone a bit nuts, you know, with these people. And it was funny when she made the decision, um, I can't remember. I think it was September she got baptized, and we were spending a Christmas evening at their house having a barbecue and everything. And I was hanging out with her dad, and her dad's not doesn't speak fluent English, but he started talking about um, because they're Cambodian. He started talking about the refugee camp and all this kind of stuff. And and Soccer told me he never talks about those type of things. And then he mentions that he he helped the Seventh Day Adventist missionaries in the refugee camp, and he was baptized in the Seventh Day Adventist church. Mm. But he left the church, and I thought, "Whoa, you know, this is <laughs> this is coming out of the woodworks." But you know, um, it, it just seemed like uh, Soccer's decision brought up brought back some some memories and the commitment that he even made at one stage. You know, and I thought, mm. "Wow, that, that's amazing." Mm. But the family were against it. But um, I'll share. About my mum, dad had a similar story, but you know, family are happy are happy for so- uh, for my wife now. You know yeah, what we're doing. That's good. Mm. Well, we're going to go to a break shortly, but uh, Decoding Bible Prophecy is our book offer for today, and you can get that on 0488880891. Text us in, and just after the music break, we'll give you the code. But uh, the book is about understanding what those Bible prophets said, and especially the apocalyptic prophets such as Daniel and John the Revelator. Mm. Uh, It's about knowing how to read those prophecies and make sense of some of the difficult passages in the Bible and you can learn from this book principles of interpretation and the meanings and and uh, of a number of apocalyptic signs and yeah important hints regarding the major time prophecies of the Old Testament and I guess the uh, New Testament in Revelation as well so uh, let's uh, go to this break you know we've been talking about um, 
this identity or you know when we get a new identity when we when we mm. join uh with jesus and uh this song reminds me of that all you'll ever need is what it's called by andrew peterson and uh yeah it's a beautiful song that really talks about how jesus gives us everything we need Blood of Jesus, it is like the widow's oil. It's enough to pay the price to set you free. It can fill up every jar and every heart that ever beat. When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need. When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need. Welcome back um, to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and you're listening to David Leo with his encounters with the series Encounters with Jesus and today we're talking about a new family. And uh, just before we went for a break, we promised to give you the code for today's offer and the code is LOGOS2. So you text L-O-G-O-S-2, no spaces in between, to 0488-880-891 and we'll get the book sent to you. That's awesome. Please text us in. Now, David, we're on our last stretch now. Got uh, about seven minutes to go, and we've got a little bit more to just wrap up this series. What, what's what's the takeaway from today's program, I guess? 
Yeah, so we finished off with um, you know the mother and the brother calling out to Jesus. <laughs> he asked the question, who are my mother and my brothers? And he says, here are my mother and my brothers. Verse 35, for whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And that can be, um, that could be, we could really elaborate on what the will of God is. And <clears throat> one of the things I, f- I think of, when we look at the will of God, it says in Second Peter 3 verse 9, that the will of God is to lead everybody, the whole world, to repentance. That's the will of God, <laughs> to, to repent, to turn around, yeah, to deny, you deny everything that we are, and to take him on. And mm. in Luke 9 verse 23, it says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would follow me, this is Jesus speaking, if anyone would follow me or, or come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Take up his cross daily and follow me. So what, what does that really mean to take it up daily, David? <clears throat> On a daily basis, we claim, when we, when we choose, when we say, I choose to follow Jesus Christ, I choose Jesus Christ as my Lord. And what Lord means is, that's, you know, that's probably not the coolest thing to admit at the moment. You know, like I, I don't think when I talk about my wife, I don't go into, I'm too proud to say, you know, if my wife says, uh, my wife says, I'll oh, come pick me up. I'm going to go pick her up. You know, like I, she, but I made a vow that I belong to her now. Right. Yeah. She made a vow that she belongs to me. That, that's what happened on our wedding. Right. Mm. And when we choose Jesus Christ as our Lord, we say, I belong to you. And anything you say, I'm going to do anything you want from me. I'm going to give to you. Mm. Right. And so the, the Lord part's not that attractive. When people hear the Lord part, it's like, oh, <laughs> second thoughts. But when they hear Savior, the one that's going to rescue us and, and, you know, draw us out and give us this new identity. That's very attractive, you know, but what, what, and so when he's saying taking up the cross daily, daily we choose for him to be our Lord and our Savior. So it's, right? not, not, it's not just about the one off, <clears throat> you know, commitment when we get baptized or whatever that ceremony is that uh, where we make a commitment, it's actually like a daily recommitment. Yeah, yeah, just like the marriage. Every mm. day you're committing to this. You mm. choose. You choose to love. You choose to be a follower of Christ. You choose to, and, and whatever that cross is that He's asked you to bear, we take that on and mm. follow Him. Mm. You know, like if there's if there's any cross that we we need to look at, it's the cross that that Jesus Jesus took. And I I wanted to share. I think I mentioned uh, soccer before. My wife, mm. and it all it happened to my mum and dad as well. My mum and dad they were brought up in in, um, in the in, in Samoa, and I know I think a lot of the Polynesian islands. When your family are a particular religion, if you're Methodist or Presbyterian or um, you know whatever Catholic, that's your family religion. And that's not your religion of choice. That's your family religion, yeah. right? And mum and dad both made a conscious decision when they were in New Zealand that they were going to be baptized into the Seventh Day Adventist Church. And with that decision came a disownership from their families, their respective families in Samoa. They said, "Look, listen. If you if you step outside of our faith, and Dad being a Catholic, and Mum Mum coming from a Methodist background, they'll they'll basically say you're 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 rejecting the hand that fed us all our lives. Yeah. You know, the ones that looked after us and blah 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 blah, all, all this. And, and Mum and Dad were trying to say, look, it's a it's a decision of the conscience. We want to we want to do the will of will of Christ. And this is what we've been learning. You know, and this is what we've come and it's in the Bible. The Bible teaches this." Um, you know, five to ten. Sorry, it must, ahead, be, it must be a tough thing for people to go through that when they become convicted of something, but then, you know, making that decision really, 
really impacts on potentially their relationship with their family. It sure does. Yeah. I've seen it over and over again. In fact, I'm I'm studying with a young lady that's going through the same thing. Mm. You know, and uh, she's we're, we're praying about it, but the the parents are not not um, not happy about her exploring and trying to and actually be convicted on some of these things. You know, like the the um, the Sabbath is something she's starting to realize. You know. As I've been observing it, I, I do see the blessings. You know, mm. like uh, I can I can see it, and, and God said it, and you know. But um, you know, yeah, it was it was tough for for mom and dad. And and what's funny, what's ironic is, um, as I told you that we we're identified by our parents. When I was twenty one, I didn't have a party. I didn't have a twenty first birthday party. I asked mom and dad if I could just have some money and travel around Australia. And wh- while I was in Melbourne, uh, it was the first time I ever went to Melbourne. I went to visit a Samoan church. And while I was at the Samoan church, people asked me, you know, they don't ask you who you are because they, they ask who your parents are. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who are your, who are your parents? And I, and I knew the spiel. I'd been trained in how to answer this question. You know, I, I, I tell her that my dad is from this village and my mum is from this village and they connect the dots. And then the first person I spoke to, this, this, um, this woman I spoke to, she said, Oh, okay. After church, you come to my house for lunch, you know? Yeah. Went to the another person approached me with the same question. I said, "Oh, you come to my house for lunch." Oh, sorry, I'm going to that lady's house for lunch. Oh, well, you come to my house for dinner then. I said, "Oh, okay." You know, and then I and I met three others. Invitation. Oh, you come to my house on Sunday because and I said, "Oh, look, Sunday I'm doing stuff," you know. And so they just give me some money. You know, you take this. And so I'm being blessed because of the connection that I have with my parents. Mm. You know, like they don't know me from a bar of soap, but because of yeah. my mum and dad, you know, whatever reputation that they've put in the community i'm now i'm now borrowing their borrowing off them and getting, going you know well fantastic mm-hmm. their mom and dad are awesome and we can see you know like this and now like five about five years later both my mum and dad's family realized they couldn't do without them mm-hmm. you know because their leadership is amazing you know um just the way they do things in the family they're honest they have integrity and they, they caught upon them look we we need you you know and and um a sister and a brother of my my dad were baptized into the same day Adventist faith. Wow! You know, and so it's yeah. it's um it's a uh, when, when I think about that, I realize when you take on Jesus' identity, when we go to the cross and we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we start borrowing who He is and what you know the character that God has. And you look at these twelve apostles and the life that they lived. You know, just the the. The integrity and the um, the power that they lived by, even though they lived, the cross was something they they took daily, but they lived a life of freedom in Christ. Mm. You know, and how many of us want to have that? Yeah, how many of us want to have that? And it really is amazing when you join a church family. If if you've particularly if you've had a not so good uh, family background in your own life, uh, when mm. you join a, a church family, and and you know. Uh, you can travel different places and you're accepted into that church family. It is pretty Amen. amazing. And so, Amen. and not just our church, but ultimately it's the family of God that we are being invited to come into, isn't it? That, uh, right on. Yeah. With Jesus. So, um, now our offer, Tabitha, what was our offer today and the code word? Okay. So the offer for today's series, um, Encounters with Jesus, a new family, um, the, Code for the offer is Logos2, L-O-G-O-S-2, no spaces, text that to 0488880891, and that the code is for the book Decoding Bible Prophecy. Awesome. So we do encourage you to text in to get the book, Decoding Bible Prophecy. 
next week. What have you got for us next week, David? We're going to mark four. And uh, there's so many good stories there, but we're going to focus in on the calm and the storm. Jesus in the storm, yeah. Okay, and tomorrow we have Gary Webster with the series Lifetime Search, and the title for tomorrow will be Star Wars, Why So Much Suffering, (laughs) Part 2. It was an interesting topic just uh, uh, this uh, last week on Tuesday when uh, I I really wanted to know what the Star Wars was all about. So join us uh, on Tuesday (laughs) tomorrow uh, with Gary Webster. Um, So for now, we're going to say goodbye and we're going to go out with this song by Sarah Croger, Belovedness. your self-loathing You've owned the voices inside of your head You've owned the shame and reproach of your failure It's time to own your belovedness You've owned your past and how it's defined You've owned everything everybody else said time to hear what your father has spoken it's time to own your belovedness he says you're mine I smiled when I made you I find you beautiful in every way my love for you is fierce and unending I'll come to find you Fierce and-